I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Take a page out of other business leaders' playbooks and get candid advice from Chris Ronzio. People, processes, productivity, and how to organize your life around it all. Trainual hosted a virtual event in 2020 centered around empathy in the workplace. The following audio is from the session with best-selling author and co-founder of Radical Candor, Kim Scott. By outlining the distinction between radical candor, caring personally while challenging directly, and ruinous empathy, Kim will provide you with a compass to guide your conversations to a more productive place. In this session, Kim will provide the framework to help people practice radical candor, foster more meaningful relationships, and become great leaders. So for for everyone listening, I want to leave them with some practical advice on how they can improve their skills with people and management and feedback. So are there any things that you would recommend for people that they can practice or put into action? Yeah. So the first one goes back to what I was talking about earlier is that go-to question. How are you going to solicit feedback? Take a moment right now, stop what you're doing and write down your question. If it's not my question, what could I do or stop doing that would make it easier to work with me? Maybe it's Krista Quarles's question. Tell me why I'm smoking crack. But what's the way you're going to ask and who are you going to ask? When and where are you going to ask them? Like, do it. Just do it today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Solicit some feedback. Number two, focus on the good stuff. What's one person who you're going to tell in the next day, like not, not, in, not, in, not in the next week, but in the next 24 hours, you're going to tell them something you appreciate about the way they work because it is so important to give voice to the things we really like about yeah. working with people. And then think about, we all, often we talk at companies about technical debt, but we also have feedback debt. So who's the person who you work with who is doing something that has been bothering you for a long time and you know you should have said something, but you haven't said something? And go tell them and go tell them not because you're pissed off, but as an act of kindness, as an act of, uh, of, you know, here's what I see. I want to know what you see. And before you tell them about this thing they've been doing that bothers them, solicit some feedback from them and give them some praise. And the relief is probably extreme if you've been carrying something for a while about someone. Yes. The the relief of both of you is usually usually extreme, but I don't want to oversell. Again, nine times out of 10, this is going to go way better than you think. (laughs) One time out of 10, you're going to have a radical candor train wreck. So what do you do if you have the train wreck? So if somebody gets really mad or really sad about what it is that you've said, the thing you want to do is you want to attend to the care personally dimension. When someone is angry, if you can learn to see the human need behind the anger instead of responding with anger of your own, mm. you are, you're batting above average. Uh, but also, sometimes you'll tell someone this thing and they just won't hear you. 
You will have worked up your courage to say this thing and they just kind of brush you off. And that's when you've got to attend to the challenge directly dimension. So if you, if you offer radical candor and it doesn't go as expected, figure out, do I need to do more care personally here or do I need to do, do more challenge directly here? I'm glad you covered that. So for the one out of 10 that everybody has a negative experience with, yes. just snap into the, the caring mode and don't, don't be aggressive in return. Um, I, I wanna turn to some questions because we've been getting so many of them through this whole thing, but I wanted to make sure we stayed on track. So um, oh, this is kind of funny. Jordan says, maybe we can look at it as a soup feedback instead of sandwich. Soup's always good no matter what, the heat will burn for a second, but then the soup is still good. So. <laughs> I like that. All right. I so like that. If you've got some questions for Kim, put them through into the q and I'm going to start with one I saw a little bit earlier from Sydney, which is, should we avoid training and making corrections via email? Yes, is the short answer. I think that that there there is a hierarchy of medium to, to offer radical candor. Ideally, it's in person. We can't do that right now. But if you can't do it in person, which you probably cannot right now, unless you're living with your coworkers, sheltering in place with your coworkers, <laughs> video is the next best medium. Something like 85% of communication is nonverbal. Hmm. And it is so important, so important to be able to see how the person is responding to what you're saying. I've said over and over again, radical canner gets measured not at the speaker's mouth, but at the listener's ear. Yeah. And so you've got to adjust, use that framework and figure out, depending on how the person is responding, if they're getting emotional, that's your cue to show you care personally. If they're like, la, 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 that's your, that's your chance to challenge more directly. So I think it's really important to, to do this over, over video if you can't do it in person. Yeah. A phone call, a phone call is better than email, but just, I built a Radical Candor app and the company failed. And, and I sort of realized at a certain point that if I'm trying to get people to put their phone away and look people in the eye and have a real conversation, technology is, is there's a role for technology, I think, but it's not, uh, it's not texting instead of really looking at people and talking with them. Yeah, great suggestion. Okay, so um, Brooke, let's see. Brooke says, do you find women have a more challenging time with radical candor because they're expected to be nice? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I think it's, it's difficult for men also in different ways. So, so here's the sort of gender and radical candor uh, thing. And it's actually the topic of my whole next book, so, so I could talk about this for the next 12 hours, but I'll try to be brief. <laughs> Are you so, writing the next book right now? And you're, you said you're in a writing cabin, yes, right? Yes, I, I am just up the hill from my house in a little shed with no, no uh, running water, but, um, but a lot of quiet. Wow. Well, I'm glad you have Wi-Fi. Yes, I do have Wi-Fi. Okay. So here, here are the things that happen. One is that very often a man who is the boss of a woman will hesitate to offer, offer her radical candor, will, will sort of pull his punches, not because he's some kind of misogynist jerk, but because he's been taught since he was a child to be gentler with women. And I think this really holds women back in their careers because 
they're not getting, I, I was talking to the head of L&D at a big bulge bracket bank, and he said he would see the same thing happen over and over and over again. A senior partner would go with an analyst to a, to a meeting, the analyst would make a mistake, and in week one, the analyst was a man. The partner let the man know in no uncertain terms that he screwed up, and he didn't repeat the mistake. The next week, same partner going with an analyst, this time a woman, and he doesn't tell her in such clear words. And, and then she repeats the mistake. And that's really, so you need to, as a woman, make sure that you are pulling radical candor out of, mm. uh, out of your peers who are men and out of your bosses who are men. And this can be tricky, I think, especially in today's world, men, men are feeling afraid. I was talking to a guy who said he was in a meeting and a woman in the meeting referred to this marketing program they were doing as Rolling Thunder. And he knew that if she knew the history of Rolling Thunder, which was a terrible uh, b- bombardment in, in the Vietnam War that, that killed a lot of civilians and didn't arguably didn't make much uh, of a strategic advance, she probably wouldn't have used that as her metaphor. But he was afraid to be radically candid with her because he didn't want to be uh, accused of mansplaining. Yeah. So you've got to create an environment in which the men around you can be radically candid with you as a woman. And that's hard. It's, it's extra work, but you've got to do it. And if you're a man, by the way, be radically candid, um, man. Yeah. Uh, so it's on, bo- on both sides. Yes. It's not, yeah. So, yeah. so if you're a woman and you're radically candid, here is what happens, especially if you're a leader, but no matter who you are, very often because of these, sort of biased expectations uh, that women are going to be nice, you get unjustly accused of obnoxious aggression. So you said something in a way that was no more aggressive than the men around you, but people freak out because you were radically candid. And they call you, they don't call you obnoxiously aggressive. You know, they call you the B word. They call you much more painful things. They say you're not likable. And it's very tempting in that situation, especially for young women early in their career, to move the wrong direction on challenge directly. And that's a huge problem because as as problematic as obnoxious aggression is, ruinous empathy and manipulative insincerity are even less effective. So it will hurt you in your career if you allow that feedback to move you in the wrong direction on challenge directly. So you need to take a moment, uh, a, a moment to show that you care personally and that's a little bit of extra emo- emotional labor, but it's, it doesn't need to be endless. It's just like, because I know you really care about this project, don't get dragged too high up on the care personally dimension as a, as a woman in the office. Because if you wind up baking cupcakes for everybody, unless you love baking cupcakes, you're going to burn out. <laughs> can't be, yeah, can't, can't bake for everyone. <laughs> you can uh, if you love it, but personally, I hate baking, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Eliza says, how do you think about giving pe- feedback or performance reviews during this time of COVID where psychological safety and stress are so high? It is really tempting right now never to give any feedback. It's really tempting to retreat to ruinous empathy. But if you think about the times in your career when you've been on the receiving end of ruinous empathy, you, you, you will remember that in those times when you knew something was not quite right, but nobody was telling you exactly what it was, that actually increases your stress, doesn't decrease your stress. Hmm. So if, if you remember that radical candor, that, that challenging someone directly is also a way to show that you care personally, 
then you won't retreat into uh, into ruinous empathy. In the store, in the in the book, I write a story about this guy Bob who I failed to give feedback to, and think about your Bob moments. And remember that you're hanging on when you're being radically candid. You're hanging on to your kindness, uh, but but you're you're not relinquishing uh, your your challenge directly. Right. Okay. Um, last question. I think we'll we'll have time for here is uh, from James. What happens if the culture of ruinous empathy has been going on for years? Can you have a culture shift without drastic turnover? Yes, absolutely. You can have uh, you can have a culture shift, and I've seen I've worked with a number of of companies and organizations to do this successfully. So the key thing is to re- remind everyone that you're not abandoning when you're moving to radical candor. You're not abandoning the care personally dimension. You're not abandoning kindness. You're reminding people that that it is an act of kindness to to tell one another when mistakes are being made. And and the best way to start, if possible, if it's coming from the leaders of the organization, is to get the leaders to start by soliciting feedback. Go back to that order of operations and start by asking for criticism. So as Kim said, everyone should today, before you do anything else, start to solicit that feedback because that seems like the first step to making a positive change and cultural shift in your business. Kim, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for helping us walk the line between ruinous empathy and radical candor. For anyone that hasn't read the book, please go get the book and look out for Kim's next book as soon as she gets out of her uh, quarantine in her cabin. Yes, absolutely. Thank you all so much. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could use this information. If you want to connect with me personally, please text me 480-531-8411 or connect with me anywhere on social at Chris Ronzio. Or you can connect with Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. See you next time.